0: Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of On The Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, Bodylogix, The Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men. off online stretching programs with eccentrics one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun and it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. Bunch of other athletes are a part of it, so it's free to join. It takes twenty seconds to have it, to get exclusive offers to your sport, and it's definitely worth worth it. So, do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living sisu's membership. It's free twenty takes twenty seconds, so go do it, and we'll see you there. Living sisu is a great company. We uh, we know one of the co-founders, Zach Furcali. He's a great guy. He uh, He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything to what me- made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Yo, welcome back to another episode of On The Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and I'm alongside my co-host, Tyler. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have current professional basketball player, Jordan Blount. Jordan is currently playing professional basketball for Basket Navarra, overseas in Spain. He spent the last four years playing NCAA basketball for University of Illinois at Chicago, so UIC, here in Chicago, before going pro. Welcome to the show, Jordan Blount.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: no problem. We're very excited to have you on. You're our first uh professional basketball player on the, on the podcast, so we're thankful to have you. It's like uh, how's it going, man?
1: Oh, good, man. Things are going good. Um just out here now, just grinding away, a game a week trying to get some wins on the board, uh do what we need to do.
0: Hey, that's always a, always a good sign. Just got to keep grinding no matter yes, sir. no matter the process, just most definitely. Got to keep going.
2: How's it been different for you? Because, I mean, over here, there's a, a lot of different bubbles and stuff. So how do you guys go about playing your games during uh, the coronavirus?
1: Um, yeah, it man, if it wasn't for, like, everybody wearing masks, you wouldn't know that the coronavirus is kind of going on over here. I mean, we're playing behind closed doors, but we're traveling for away games. People are coming to our home court. Like, there's no talk of any type of bubble or anything like that. We're just – conducting the season as normal which is good because it, in a time where the world is in such a crazy place it kind of sets and gives a bit of normality which is a very welcome feeling um so yeah I mean, I mean we're still going about it the way we normally would as if it wasn't here
0: yeah that that's at least good that it's like you're getting some type of normalcy even though like Most definitely this yeah. entire like pandemic just it's just brutal, especially like because you you were in Chicago last year or in last yeah. last spring with all this happening here in Chicago. Yeah, and so I, it was States.
1: yeah. I left like the week it all struck off. So we were playing in the uh, conference championship of our conference, and and it, that was on a Tuesday. I think it was like March 10th or 12th. And then by that, so that was on a Tuesday, and by that Friday, I had to fly home because of the coronavirus. So it was a very quick turnaround, and I was right there when it all began to take the turn so it was a crazy experience for sure
0: yeah so like what was that all like all about like i like you said it was really fast like what was how yeah. long did it take you like to get out and just like um, what was the process in the airport as well because that's yeah so
1: everything happened it was it was very uh it was a very eerie feeling traveling at that time it was very much so like so, yeah, so we had played on the Tuesday, and we had lost and came home. We were in Chicago on Wednesday, and on Thursday, myself and my girlfriend went to do grocery shopping to stock up for uh, quarantine and stuff like that. And, and that was on the Thursday, and by Friday, they were like, okay, everything is shut down, and we're about to stop all flights. So I had spoken with my head coach, Steve McClain, at the time, and my athletic director, and I was like, look, seasons finished I'm a senior I'm not coming back next year if I'm to get stuck and, and locked down anywhere I'd prefer for that to be in Ireland you know what I mean I I'm leaving anyways in a couple of weeks I may as well just go there and finish my class online and very lucky that classes went online and this the school paid for me to fly home on that saturday and uh yeah I got to the airport it was actually really crazy actually when I got to the airport they were just shooting so the C- CNN or the news or whatever was on. They were broadcasting. They went straight from the White House straight to the airport, and the interviewer just happened to like notice me. He was like, "Oh, you play for your IC right?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And he goes, Do "You might hop on the on the camera real quick." I'm like, "Nah, man, I love being on camera." <laughs> so I hopped on, and they gave me a little quick interview and everything. And then after that, it was like once I went past security, past all the hustle and bustle and everything, it was real airy. It was like. People were very wary of each other. weren't close to each other. Like I was wearing gloves and a mask and everything, so it was a surreal experience, but definitely one to remember.
0: Yeah, you'll, you'll never forget that moment. Just like yeah, exactly, especially that, thats pretty cool that you're on the news. Though you're you're becoming becoming famous there. So
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: so that's always uh interesting when you get news. Be like, you want to come on to. Be on the camera? Of course it's yeah yes, yeah. no matter what. Always
1: a welcome question. <laughs> exactly.
0: So like what was Ireland like when you got there because like obviously I'm guessing it was probably a lot different than the States.
1: Yeah, it was different to the States because I think in the States it was very abrupt. Not to say that it wasn't everywhere else, but I just feel like it was more boom, we got it, boom, everything shut down. Whereas in Ireland it was kinda of like gradual. So like when I first got there, you were only allowed within two kilometers of your house um you're only allowed out for very necessity things it's got to be for like working out or necessity trips and stuff like that and then we kind of opened up a little bit we we had heard we had, had heard to the guidelines pretty strictly and I feel like we did a good job in comparison to other countries um but I feel like the whole world now is going back a little bit and we're all going back into um like lockdowns. So I know Ireland is up their measures quite extensively and I know especially where I am right now, Spain is, is about to up their measures this coming week, I'm pretty sure. So it's definitely a um an ambiguous time to be involved in anything really, but it's uh we just gotta take it day by day. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's all you can do, especially like in the summer, like it was a lot more like free and like more open because like, yeah. was, like warm and all that and then like flu season cold season hits and exactly it, like, yeah and that's coming right takes up, step so. back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah so I've, I was always wondering like in Ireland like what was basketball like growing up and just like yeah. going to school there
1: um so I didn't do I, I didn't go to school for a long time there so I left Ireland when I just turned 15 um so we don't do middle school high school all that kind of stuff we just have primary school and secondary school and uh, I left in secondary school midway through. Um, and, and basketball was very, I mean, basketball was the main part of my life since I was about eight or nine years old. And it always has been. And, and um, But in terms of the country, especially looking back from when I began to do what I did, it wasn't as big as what it is now. I do believe that I was a trendsetter in the growth of uh the game in ireland i i think so i i was one of the first guys to leave as young as i did and before i left i hadn't heard of many people leaving and then after i left there was a wave of us I, I know there's irish players playing all over and i i do enjoy the fact that i was one of the first guys to do it and a lot of guys would reach out to me and a lot of the guys that are away now would have close connections with me um So I think we're very much a growing country. I think the demand and the popularity for it is there. I think the exposure is on the rise. Um, I think a couple of things need to change within the frameworks of of, of how it is run in the country itself. But I think we're going in the right direction for sure. I think in a couple more years as a nation, we will be able to make some noise. This summer I ran a bunch of uh, clinics and basketball camps through my JB 13 elite um, entity, so to speak. And that was my way of trying to give what I've learned on the court as well as off the court back to the Irish basketball community, uh, the youth of the Irish basketball community.
0: Yeah, so how how was uh, the camps and clinics this summer? Cause I know that you'd been doing a lot of them yeah. over the summer, so like how yeah, was it? Yeah,
1: they were very successful. I. I help from two main people in the back backgrounds who, who really helped me in terms of the administration and the running of it and just the day to day, how to maneuver and coordinate everything. And it was, it went very smooth. You know, we had a a great location where we were the only ones there and nobody else had use of it. Um, And then we had the use of the Neptune stadium, which is the biggest stadium in the country and the nicest. So we had, We were able to do it in a time, like I said, like during this COVID-19 situation. Anytime you get a chance to do what you love in terms of like sports, anytime now that you get to be on the court, you have to take advantage of it because it can be taken away like that. Um, So that's what I tried to instill in my camps and clinics every day this summer. I'm like, look, guys, we don't, tomorrow is literally not promised. They could up these um, restrictions and we might not be allowed in the gym. So while we're in here, we got to work our ass off. We got to get everything out of it that we can and take advantage of the people who's in here. So that was that's something I pride myself on on the basketball court, just being a hard worker, doing everything I got to do to win. Um, And that was something that I tried to instill in my campers and kids who came to clinic.
0: Yeah, for sure. Was there any like restrictions that you guys had to abide by like where my um,
1: or anything like that? There was restrictions, but for me, the restrictions didn't matter. So in if I, a lot of camps and a lot of clinics, you get you could get 30, 40, 50 kids and some people go up to like 100, 120, 150 kids, and for me, it's very hard for me to give all of those kids all of my thoughts. So I can't Help you the way I can help this person because you're not getting all of me. So, how I ran mine was a clinic consisted of three days, three one hour and a half sessions each day. So, like you would come at nine, you would finish at 10 30. The next day, you come at nine, 10 30. And we would run it. I would run it in groups of four. So, it was me and four individuals. So, then that way I can nitpick every single one of you at the exact same time because I can see it now. I, I can analyze four people at a time, I can't analyze 25 people so I that was the restriction was six people in the gym I only wanted four and that's how I had planned on running so I, I branded it JB Elite and my way of keeping it elite was keeping it restricted to a certain number of players so they can get the best out of it that they can
0: yeah that's that's just great that like you're just like four people like max and like just giving them all your focus because you, you want in a camp to just have your focus on like yeah there's that like that are we
1: were were very strict i was very strict on the wording that we used too so when we were running it in groups of four that was a clinic because you come to a clinic to learn to get better to take all the information you can a camp is fun and that's where you go to be with your friends and oh yeah we all went to camp but when you come to the elite clinic well this is what it's about and it's not about anything else you're here to get better
0: yeah exactly and i and i just i like what you said there and like how like you you have to like every, t- every time you get a chance to go to the gym like you got to do it now especially with all this COVID stuff and like like you said you never know when it's going to be taken away and the restrictions are going to go up and we've definitely learned that throughout the course of the past like eight nine months so you definitely got to take advantage of every single thing you got no matter yes, if you want to do it or not like it's it's you're on the court like you're in the mm-hmm. gym like you've got to just yeah play.
1: I mean that's what, I, I never understand somebody who will come to the gym and just waste the time that you're there for if you're here you may as well get something out of it you know what I mean exactly. there's no point in being here doing nothing
0: yeah exactly like the other day like I was like the only one on the ice and like I was like I could have been like I'm gonna go home just not not do anything but instead you take what the, the time you got and just put work in for the hour you have so it's you just gotta do it. Just no excuses at that point. Yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, let's go on to your prep prep school time. So you mm-hmm. went to prep school in in Ohio, I believe it was, right? Yes, I was. Yeah, so I was Inspire
1: Institute. Uh, it was fun, man. It was one of the most fun times of my basketball career. Um, I was living in a five star golf resort. Uh, I wasn't going to school. I was just playing basketball. Coaches were coming to see me every day. I took a bunch of visits to D1 schools, got a bunch of offers. um, And and it was just basketball, man. All I had to do was play basketball. Um, And it was a lot of fun. I went to Spire Institute, which is now a very much renowned school after a lot of big-time players had gone there. But um, I believe I was the first uh, D1 player out of there, um, which is (laughs) – my own little claim to fame from, from that uh, period of time, given, you know, the likes of LaMelo Ball and some of the big time guys that they had, it's a pretty cool thing to say. Um, But yeah, I mean, prep school was a lot of fun, man. It was just straight hooping.
2: What was your mindset going into the prep school? And like, did you expect like what you expected to get out of it?
1: Um, Yeah, I did. You know, that's the, I've always been very, very confident in my abilities and, from the age of 15, 16, I knew that I had the ability and potential to be a Division One basketball player and at which level I just didn't know. So the summer before I went to prep school, I played in the European Championships with the Irish national team. And I ended up leading the tournament and scoring and um, garnered a lot of attraction from there. And Georgia Tech offered me after one of my games. So I played against Denmark in Austria. Um, and I had like 27 and 10, and Georgia Tech, one of the assistant coaches was there. His name is Mamadou Njai. He uh, actually played in the NBA a bunch of years. He came up to me after the game, and he was like, hey, do you know who I am? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm sorry, sir, I don't. And he had a GT polo on, and again, I wasn't, I didn't really know at the time. But I was like, "Oh, on, and he was like, I'm oh, assistant at Georgia Tech, and he's like, we want you." and then the next day they offered me, um, and then a bunch more offers started rolling in. I'm like, man, I don't really, this was in August now. And they wanted me to commit by early, late by like within a couple of days. I'm like, man, I don't really know where I want to go. Um, and I had thoughts of just staying pro in Europe and not even going to college. So I went to prep school. I chose a prep school and went through that route so that I could like, explore, learn, and gather more information about where I was going to go.
0: Yeah, like, that that experience must have been just awesome for you and just, like, the exposure you got, especially with yeah. Georgia Tech and all that. It's mm. so like, how hard was it to, like, pick a school? Because then you, you decided to go to UIC. So, like, how yeah. hard was it to, like, to knock off, uh, like, all these yeah, other opportunities? You would,
1: you would think it's tough. And, and I mean, it is tough. Um, but, like, I took visits to a bunch of different schools um, and, and was trying to think of all these impeccable reasons as to why I should go here and why I should go there. But it all came down to feeling, man. So, like, when I went to – when I took my visit to Chicago, instantly I was like, oh, yeah, man, I feel like I've already been here. You know what I mean? Like, when I got picked up from the airport, the interactions with the players who picked me up and the assistant coach and everything, it was just – as soon as I got on campus and spoke with the head coach, it was like, and I already feel like I, like you this feels right, you know what I mean it was just all very much sensational um personal feelings that just fit right into what I wanted and what I was looking for and yeah, worked out just how I wanted it to. you know it all it came down to also like what I play, you know I'm not beside myself and it's just, i'm not, i'm I'm too cocky and confident as a person to sit down I can't not play because that would drive me crazy. So, like, let's say I go to Georgia Tech, it's not guaranteed that I play there. I'm not saying it's guaranteed at UIC, but I know I have more of an opportunity to impact my, uh, to impose my will on the game and on the team there. You know, the margin for error is very little at a school like Georgia Tech, whereas at UIC there's a little bit more, which gives you a little bit more room to grow and learn and become the player that you need to. And I was blessed with, for with a really good situation and got to play and I started every game I played average 25 30 minutes you know so it was it was it ended up being the, the right decision for sure
0: yeah absolutely so you're a part of the main uh, UIC Flames Corps from 2016 and 2020 it's like what was it like throughout like the four years that you were at UIC like yeah what
1: was the experience there Man, it was, it was good. And as the years, like, transcended and everything, it was, like, we were a young core. So, like, my first year playing, like, we were our young guys, like, our, our senior class that I graduated with, from our day one, we were the, the, the core. Uh-huh. Um, so it was really good to be a part of a rebuild uh, situation where we could impact the game and everything in the way that we wanted to. Um, and with the coach, we had a new coach right at that time too. Coach McClain, he had just started there. So it was quite, um, opportunistic, um, very, um, uh, how to say, I'm trying to find the right word to captivate it, but it was very, I don't know how to say it. Just everything fit right. You know, new school, new city, all the guys are new time to make a new trend, new, you know, ways for the program. So it was really nice, man. Nice.
0: Yeah, the opportunity was there and you took and took enrolled with it and like you're, you're yeah. a stud in college. So, like, what was your favorite part about playing in Chicago?
1: Man, the the reason my favorite part about playing in Chicago was the support that we got. In particular, myself, I got a lot of support, a lot of individual support. Um because of the the reputation I had built for myself and everything, so it was Chicago gets behind their own, and that was something that I really liked and, and something I assimilate to Irish people like Irish people love to see other Irish people doing well, and Chicago people love to see Chicago people clubs schools doing well so it was when we were doing well the city I felt like the city and the school was behind us, so once we were rolling and had like you know good trends and everything, I felt like it was it was, a, it was a good environment, good atmosphere.
2: Now I have to ask this because I'm a little curious. Uh, what other schools did it come down to between uh, or before you made your decision to ultimately go to UIC? I know Georgia Tech was also in there, but what other schools were in your running for uh, a possible Yeah.
1: Commitment? So, again, so I had, yeah. So, basically, the last schools that I chose between was UIC, um, High Point University in North Carolina uh valpo i was very high up on valpo um and yeah that's pretty toledo was in there um i thought i was about to get an offer from baylor but i committed to early to see the fruition of that um but yeah i had a bunch of i, I had offers from schools that i didn't even know i had offers from like i, I looked up on like i, I saw on the internet i like, oh, jordan blount received an offer from this school but i didn't even know <laughs> thank you <laughs> um but yeah it was uh yeah there was a couple of schools in there for sure
0: yeah those are some pretty high up schools so uh, we're glad mm-hmm. that you chose uh chicago to represent yeah. uh to have you represented so that's awesome thank like you as you guys and you you really like was it was a stud there so it's always good thank
1: you see. i appreciate it
0: yeah so what was your what was your favorite like hangout spot in chicago like it could be, like, a favorite restaurant, favorite store, like, or, like, The Bean.
1: Like, where where would you go? Yeah, White Palace girl, off Canal Street. Man, after some games or after on a day off, you get a lot of food, a lot of play. their servants in there are good. Um, so I used to go there all the time. Uh, where else did I like to go to? I like to go down to the lake. I used to take bike rides down to the lake. Um, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, the lake and you know just a couple of food spots that I liked. I yeah, like Patillos so, too. Patillos yeah, is oh, yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so what's your what's your favorite food?
1: My favorite food. Well, yeah. So my girlfriend used to cook a lot of different like Mediterranean dishes, um, a lot of foreign stuff. So man, I like a lot of rice-based dishes, chicken, chicken and rice, any any type of chicken and rice combo. I'm, I'm rocking with chicken Ch- Chicken
0: and rice hit the spot.
1: Yeah, man, yeah.
0: (laughs) It really does and it's super good. So throughout your time at UIC, you had one really bad injury where you needed to get surgery and some basketball time. So like how hard was it for you to miss a ton of the season? Like what was like your mindset overall throughout the process?
1: Um man I mean it wasn't I mean, man, ACLs are are tough. You know, I throw my ACL and both meniscus in my left leg. Um so I, I, yeah, definitely went through it, but man, I was never negative. Like I've had, I had a day or two here and there, but the people that were around me during that time really held me down and really like got, made sure that like they they wanted the best for me and did everything that they needed to to make sure I needed to do what I did. Uh, and again, like, I don't want to downplay it, but man, it was never crazy strenuous for me. You know, I, I great. Um, Uh, physio and rehab people um, and it was just work man that's all it is you know just work you just got to work at it when nothing else works work works you know so um, just hire work every single day you know rehab two three times a day um, and just staying at it man keep my head down and doing what I need to do to get on the court yeah was it was it hard to go
0: to to rehab like two three times a day or like or like were you just like this is my opportunity to get better and like yeah, injury mean, get better and like finally get back on the court.
1: Yeah. For me, it just, it, it, it is what it is. You know, I tore my ACL on uh, June 10th, um, confirmed it on July, on June 12th and then got surgery on the 27th. And right after surgery, I was like, well, it's fixed now. I just got to make it stronger. So um, I didn't waste no time. The very next day I went to rehab. Uh, and I was just accepted it for what it was. You know, I didn't get down to myself. I didn't get upset. It was just look, I've been through stuff before and nothing like this, but this is just the next step. And the one thing for me going through my rehab is that I wanted to make sure that when I came back, nobody could say, well, he wasn't as good as he was because of his knee. I didn't want that to ever be an excuse. Um, so that was kind of what drove me and what fueled me and just me wanting to come back like I came back from an ACL and meniscus tear in five and a half months you know that's kind of unheard of um you know most people take a year year and a half two years um but man it was just like I said just work and I took pride I take pride in my work so I was very proud of what I was able to achieve in my rehab
0: yeah, so when you came back to play your first game since your injury, like, were you nervous or, like, how hard was coming back to that first game? Um, Yeah, not
1: nervous, man. It, it just it felt righteous. Like, um, I just spoke to myself. I was like, look, Jordan, talking to myself, Jordan, you did the work. Uh, you've been physically cleared. Don't think about it. You know, the doctors know what they're talking about. I had a great doctor, Dr. Matt Hutchinson, who was actually the doctor for the uh, Olympic USA team um and jenny wilms um my physio and, and i have full faith in them and whenever when they tell me like yeah you, you're clear to go okay let's, let's rock
0: yeah that's awesome you're able to make a full recovery and have, and come back during the season so like that's yeah that's unheard of like you said and just to do that yeah show, so like, i how I, much tore,
1: you I tore it early summer well middle summer and got surgery middle summer and then I had only missed non conference. I actually played two non conference games. So I only missed eight games. It's not bad. So that's yeah. incredible. So yeah, then, I was determined. Exactly. And then after
0: your senior year, you went on to play pro pro basketball for Basket Navarra, where you are now in Spain. Yeah like mm-hmm. how, how has that been so far and like what are some of your expectations for the rest of the yeah, year Yeah
1: good um my role is very different here you know um uh, my role at UIC was to be a glue guy um score when 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 i needed to pass when i needed to it was very much a, trying to be a consistent uh team guy um wasn't looked to to score 15 20 points a game because that wasn't my role whereas here it is So last night we played Unfortunately, we ended up losing by 10, Um, but I had, I scored 24 points on uh, like nine of 13 from the field. So it's a very much different role um, from UIC, but more of a role that I was used to before I went to college. You know, when I played in Europe before, I I was very much a scorer, um, led Europe in scoring for a number of years. Uh, so it's kind of going trying to get back to that and get back to um, being a go-to scorer which I I enjoy I love it I like like I like having the ball in my hands like making decisions so I I feel like I'm fitting right in and uh, my expectations are high man you know we've lost our first two games where we were we were up against arguably the top two teams in the league Um, and we I feel like we have a lot of untapped potential as a team so my expectations are still very high and i think we can do we can make noise um so yeah we'll see as the season unfolds
2: yeah despite you saying uh that you were kind of a go-to guy before uic was there still kind of an adjustment process from you know going to uic and not being the guy to then going pro overseas and then being the guy even though you said you were familiar with it was, was there still that adjustment process of you know uh, readjusting your game back
1: to what it um, kind of, uh, I guess um, for me, I think uh, every time you step on the floor, you got to be ready to play, you know? So like, even in, in UIC, like there was games, I had 27, 20 points, 18, you know what I mean? There was times I had that because that was what the game demanded me, of me in, on that day. So, for me, it's you just got to be ready to do whatever's needed of you on the day. You know, my first game here, I had a really poor game, and I couldn't score the way I should have. So, I did something else. I got some steals. I got some rebounds. You got to find different ways to contribute to winning. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's just about, like, knowing where, when, when to pick your spots, when to pick your shots, um, and, and knowing what you're good at. You know what I mean? I know there's two or three things that I am really good at. And those two or three things, I have to become really, really good at. You know what I mean? That's got to be my go-to stuff. And when things are going bad, that's what I get to so that I can always contribute in the right way.
0: Yeah, despite how you said your, your first game didn't really go that the way you wanted it to, and you put up 24 points yesterday. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a big improvement. And just, you just got to keep using that momentum to keep, yes, keep you moving forward and going on the rest of the season.
1: So, yes, sir.
0: Yeah, so my uh, final question for the day is, uh, what what do you like to do, like, outside of basketball in Spain? Like, what's there to do? In the, yeah, man,
1: so for me, I like to go. So I love coffee. I love tea. I'm very much an old soul. I'm a young guy, but <laughs> I like to do, you know, very simple things. So I like to go to different little coffee shops, um, chill out. You know, I got my PlayStation here. I play my PlayStation in my free time do a lot of stretching, a lot of mobility, a lot of yoga, but not a whole lot, man. You know, it's it's very much a job. You know what I mean? You go to practice, you come back, and you get ready for practice again. Then you go to sleep because you got to be ready for practice tomorrow. And then you practice because you got to be ready for the game. You know what I mean? So it's very much doing everything you need to do to contribute to you being the best player you can. You know what I mean? So there's not a lot of messing around. For me, anyhow, you know what I mean? That's how I like to conduct myself, especially now that, you know, this is my livelihood, this is what I want to do for a living, so I have to conduct myself in, in a way that allows me to make this my livelihood. Yeah,
0: exactly, I, I like that mindset, and like, how you're just putting, you just, it's a job now, you just got to do anything you can to just stay there, and just yes, keep sir. putting in the work, just, mm-hmm. there's, there's times to have fun, but your overall job is just, to, uh, just to work,
1: and play basketball so exactly, man. exactly what what a lifestyle what a lifestyle though <laughs> i'm blessed i'm very lucky very blessed um i'm very thankful for your opportunity for sure
0: yeah for sure so tyler do you have any more last minute questions before we get this thing uh done
2: yeah sure i got two more for you uh jordan uh one i see you got a los angeles clippers shirt on there <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got i'm favorite not a clippers player. fan at all so, no no no, no. Well, okay my my assistant coach huh
2: you perhaps have a favorite team you root for?
1: Yeah, the Mavs. Yeah, big, big Luca fan. I think Luka's incredible.
2: All right. Well, I'll, I'll be interested to see what they're able to pull off. Um, yeah. My second, my second question is: uh, You seem like you're a very outgoing, uh, very genuine and honest guy. So, uh, my my thought was on the court, you know, you 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 take your outgoing personality and you are put into a situation where you have to mesh well with everyone. Mm -hmm. And so being with your outgoing personality, was it really easy for you
1: to kind of like build relationships with your teammates, with your coaches and just really fit well? Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm the kind of player that if you ask anybody I've played with, they'll say, man, I love to play with him, but I would hate to play against that dude. You know what I mean? And that's something I pride myself on. and, And you know what I mean? There's things that I can't control. You know what I mean. Like when I play, I can't control whether the ball goes in the basket every single time. You know what I mean. Like it's not gonna happen. Right? Sometimes I'm gonna come out and have a bad day. The ball's gonna bounce off my foot. I'm gonna But there's one thing I can always do, and that's play hard and give my all on the defensive end. and be an energy guy. You know what I mean. So that's something that I pride myself on. But not just for me, but for whoever's coming next. Because and, and, and a lot, a lot of people wouldn't think about it like this. But I'm a very like in depth. Critical thinker. Um, so, whenever I was playing and, and the team is doing scout, and they're like, okay, well, this is the 7 5, this is their point guard, he's from da da da. And then when they got to me, I always wanted them to say, this is the Irish kid, and he plays harder than a mother. So, that meant for me that, well, now whenever any of these guys that I play against, and you look at all the teams that I've played against, I played against 10, 30, 40, 40 non conference teams plus. So that's 40 games, and then uh, 20, 40, 60, 80, 80 conference games against all those teams and all those players and all those coaches who have to go up against me all got the impression of this Irish kid plays harder than anyone on the court. So now when any one of those people from any of those experiences meet another Irish person, they will have an impression of me. So that means when they go to the next Irish person, well, you remember that Irish kid, he played hard as hell. I'm sure this guy plays just as hard. I mean, so try and instill that into, like, when you see an Irish basketball player on the roster or you come across an Irish basketball player, these are the expectations that we have. So that was something I wanted to. I wanted to always uphold and represent my country in the right way, in a way that showed a fighting nation that we are.
0: Yeah, so that that was awesome what you just said there. And I, I did come up with one more question. And my last question for you of the day is, what are some tips you would give younger basketball players looking to get to that next level that you are at?
1: Um, uh, when it comes to that topic and that conversation, people always want like the magic potion or, or tell me this one thing that's going to make me the greatest player ever. There's nothing that's going to do that. You know what I mean? I can't tell you one thing to make you go and become a d1 player become a d2 player there's nothing i can do to make you do that but in order for you to be the best version of yourself and the best version that you can be the only thing that works is work you know what i mean like you have to work every single day you know that's the only reason why i've been able to get to where i've gotten to is because everywhere i've been i've just worked as hard as i could so the the main part of advice that i mean bit of advice that I could give to anybody trying to make it to the next level or just trying to improve or try to you know better themselves on or off the court um it's just man be true to yourself be humble uh know your worth and work as hard as you can every single time every single time you get an opportunity to show how hard you can work make sure you do
0: it exactly that's that's just awesome to end this and like you just got to put in the word just keep working keep grinding it out and just do the best you can do and be the best version of yourself you can be just by doing all that and just believing in yourself as well. Like that confidence is huge as well. So you just got to keep, keep all that
1: up. Yes, sir. 100%.
0: Yeah. So Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. We want to wish you the best of luck with the rest of the season. And you will, you could you will for sure be a recurring guest if you would want on the show.
1: My guy, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no problem. We're glad to get you on. And, like, next time, if you're ever in Chicago, just hit us up and we can hang <laughs> out or something. Hang out with yes, us. Miss called boys as well. Yeah,
1: my guys over there. Shout out to Cub. Shout out to Ryan Sauce.
0: There, There we go. Jordan, thank you again so much. And enjoy the yes, rest sir. of your night.
1: Thank you.